Father God, I want to thank you this morning for Veterans Day. Father, I want to pray for the men and women who have served, the men and women who are serving right now. And Father, I pray your grace, your covering, your protection, and your wisdom upon our military throughout the world. Father God, I pray for our leaders in this nation, our president, our senate, our congress, that Father God, you would give them wisdom, your grace would be on them, your grace would be on this nation. Father God, it's not perfect, it's far from it, but we're not perfect either. And so Father, I pray your hand is on our nation, your hand is on us, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said... Amen. Praise God. We've been talking about the house of God. We've been talking about how we've designated this place as a place to worship God, as a place to meet and hang out with the Lord Jesus Christ and be in this place together and worship. We found out that it's important to show up. You've done the hard part. You got here. Amen. But then when you show up in this place, you need to have some expectations. Listen, if you come to church and you have no expectation, then basically you're just being religious. If you're just here because it's Sunday, or you're here because you're here because somebody else wanted you to be here, and if that's the case, that's great, but I want to encourage you, you take the next step, and the next step is expectation. The next step is, God, I need something from you. God, I'm going to turn on my faith. God, I'm going to turn on my heart. God, I need something from you. And listen, when you do that, you will not leave disappointed. So we found out first and foremost, when you show up in God's house, you turn on that desire, you turn on that expectation, and you say, hey, God, I need this or I need that, and he's there to meet it, amen? He's there to meet it, amen? Amen, Amen. praise God. Now, here's what we have found out. We found out this is the house of mercy, okay? God's mercy is new every morning. It says so in Lamentations. God's first thing that he offers you is mercy. You are in the house of mercy this morning. You made a right choice. You obeyed the voice of God, and you are in the house of mercy, and he has mercy for you this morning. All you have to do is reach out and take it. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. God's mercy is available. The next thing we found out is this is the house of wholeness. The word whole means what? It means to be sound. Listen, I came into the house of God a long time ago. I I grew up in church, but then I got away from God. I got serious about my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. After Vicky and I got married, I was about 21 years old. And when I found my way back in the house of God, I was broke. I was uneducated. I was alone. My father had died. Not only did I feel alone, but I had an orphan spirit on me, and I was uneducated. Nothing was going my way. But I showed up in the house of God. Listen, the answers you are looking for in your life are here. They're here. All you have to do is turn on your expectation. Well, God took me by the hand and led me on this journey of wholeness, and my life has been transformed. My life has been changed. The third thing we found out is this is the house of healing. You remember the lady with the issue of blood? It said that she had been sick for how many years? Over 10 years. And they said she went to doctors. She spent all of her money. But here's what she said. She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. I love where the Bible says she said it to herself. She set herself up for her miracle. 
she turned on her expectation. And she said, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be made whole. And that's exactly what happened. My question to you for all these weeks has been, what are you saying to yourself? What are you saying? What are your expectations? See, when you come in this place and you say, hey, when I get to church, when I get to the house of God, I'm going to be made whole God begins to move in your life. The next thing we found out is this is the house of deliverance. You remember for two or three weeks, I stood over there in the corner. The devil wants to hem you in. He wants to corner you. He wants to corner you with your sin, your past, your brokenness, your hurt. He wants to hem you in. Listen, here's the greatest lie of the devil. You want to know what it is? Here it is. Nothing is ever going to change. That is the greatest lie of darkness. Nothing is ever going to change. Your husband's not going to change. Your wife's not going to change. Your children aren't going to change. Your job is not going to change. You are stuck right where you are. Well, that's not what the Scripture says. God says that he wants to deliver you, and it means to escape or to slip out. I love that, don't you? To escape or to slip out. When the devil was trying to hem me in, God reached in and took me by the hand. He took you by the hand, and I slipped out into freedom. Then we found out this is the house of wisdom. Listen, wisdom is not a set of rules. Isn't that good news? See, Christianity is not a set of rules. See, it's not like on the way out the door, I've got a set of rules for you, and you have to know those rules. Listen, it's not a creed, and there's nothing wrong with creeds, but wisdom is a person, and that person's name is Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that if you have Christ, you have wisdom. Jesus has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. If you have Christ, you have wisdom. Then what else did we find out? Well, we found out that the Word of God is the wisdom of God. Listen, every time you come to Tulia Christian Fellowship, you're going to hear the Word of God. I'm going to read out of the Bible, and it says that the Bible's the wisdom of God. So every time you come in this place, you're going to hear the wisdom of God. Listen, I know you know this, but I got to tell you, I've been telling you, the world has no answers. The world has no answers. They don't have any answers, but God does. And every time you come through the door of this place, then you reach down and turn on that expector. You saturate yourself in the wisdom of God. Here's what happens. It not only makes you smarter, it makes you wiser. It'll make you a better mother. It'll make you a better father. It'll make you a better husband. It'll make you a better wife. All that stuff in your life that needs to be fixed, God will walk with you on that journey of wholeness. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you healing, and he'll take you to the place he wants you to be. Then last week, we talked about how this is the house of praise. This is, I mean, we're so blessed to have the band we have we're so blessed to have the band we have. Listen, outside of mega churches, okay, I challenge you to get online and look up churches and listen to their music. Oh, holy Lord Jesus. Okay, now I'm not picking on anybody, okay? The Bible says make a joyful noise, and that's what most of them are doing, okay? All right, we're so blessed to have the band we have. We're so blessed to have the musicians we have, and they make it easy to worship God. Listen, do you know why I worship? Because I know where I came from. 
and I know where I'd be without the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've said it, all right? All right, number one, I'd be divorced. I wouldn't have Kurt. I wouldn't have Ashley. I wouldn't have Arthur and Megan. I wouldn't have uh, Annie and Ruby. Uh, or I'd be in prison, or I'd be dead. Now, I'm not joking. Well, pastor, that's pretty severe. No, you don't know me. Some of you do know me, Amen. Yeah, you don't know me. Listen, I was a disaster going somewhere to happen. My life was a wreck. So when I come in this place and I step down on this front row over there in my spot and that music kicks off and we have that great band, I remember where I came from. I remember who I'd be and where I'd be. And when they rip off, it's, it's not hard. It's like, oh, Lord, you've been so good to me. You've taken care of me. You've blessed me. You love me. You look after me. This is the house of praise. Now, listen, your car can be the house of praise. Your pickup can be the house of praise. Your kitchen can be the house of praise. Every morning, I make breakfast in our house, Monday through Friday. I make breakfast for Vicki and I. And when I start breakfast, I start my music and I play a list of worship songs that I have, and I play different ones at different times. And listen, I love music. Okay, I, I love all kinds of music. Now, there's some kinds I don't like, but you don't need to know what those are, all right? But, but, I, but I like music, okay? But in the morning, I turn on that praise music, and as I'm making breakfast, I listen to it, and God's presence fills my kitchen, and my kitchen becomes the house of God. My truck can be the house of God. So this is the house of praise, Amen. Here's the next thing I want you to see, and we've already sang about it. This is the house of miracles. This is the house of miracles. This is not a dead house. This is a living house. We are the living, breathing body of Jesus Christ. You are his hands. You are his feet. You are his eyes. You are his voice. We are a living organism. We're not an organization. There's nothing wrong with organization. Are we organized? You better believe we are. Thank God we are. Amen? Amen. The coffee bar is organized. Yeah, the donut place where we get donuts is organized. The praise and worship is organized. Are we organized? You bet we're organized. We better be. But we're not an organization. We're the body of Christ. You and I are the body of Christ. And this is the house of miracles, and it's a living house. Listen, I so want this to get in your heart. When you come in this place, whatever you need, God wants to meet that need. Listen, we have miracles here all the time. Okay, the first and foremost miracle of all is the new birth. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you know, when Carter got up here, are you a Christian? Yes. How do you know? Because I have Jesus in my heart. When I accepted Christ, when you accepted Christ, that was a miracle. Amen? The Bible says it's a miracle that you and I went from death to life. I was lost and now I'm found. So that happens here all the time. People receive Christ as their Savior here all the time. But we've had healings. We've had marriages restored. We have people leave with peace. God does all kinds of things. Listen, this is a supernatural service. God is in this place, and miracles happen all the time. And every time you're in this place, God wants to do a miracle in your life. I want to read to you this morning out of God's Word, and I'm going to go to Jeremiah 32, 27. Let me set it up for you. The book of Jeremiah is about the judgment of God on Israel. 
Israel is not obeying God. They're in rebellion. They have followed false gods. They won't listen to God. So God sent them a prophet named Jeremiah. He's nicknamed the weeping prophet because he goes and tells them, you need to change your ways. It does matter how you live. It does matter what you do. Pastor Rusty is saying the same thing. Now, I'm not saying you're under the judgment of God, but it's important that we understand. It does matter how we live. It does matter the choices you make. It does matter that we listen to the word of God. And then he tells them something very powerful in the midst of what God is doing. And I want to read it to you. Jeremiah 32, 27 says, behold, I'm the Lord. He's talking about God, of course. The God of all flesh, is there anything too hard for me? I love that. Would you leave that up for just a moment? Is there anything too hard for me? God is asking that question. Now listen to me, church. Whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is, no matter how small, no matter how big, whatever it is you're facing, nothing is too hard for God. Whatever size of miracle you need, you may need a big miracle. You may need not a, and I know you may think, well, is there such thing as a small miracle? Well, maybe there are. I don't know, right? Whatever size you need, whatever you need God to do in your life, When you leave this place, I want you to know God is working in your life. Listen to it one more time. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? I want to go to Luke 1.37. Luke 1.37. Let me give you a little background. This is a little early Christmas message this morning. Gabriel comes to Mary and says, you're going to have a child. It's going to be named Jesus. We, we know the story. We're, going to, we're getting ready to talk about that. We're getting ready to move into the Christmas season. And she says, how can I have a child? I'm not married. How can I have a child? I'm a virgin. And listen to what he says to her. For with God, nothing will be impossible. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Now, I just read to you God asking you the question, is there anything too hard for me? Then in Luke one thirty-seven, it says, for God, nothing is impossible. Now, I love Mary because you know what she says? She says, be it unto me according to your word. Now, Zachariah says, I don't know about this. And the angel shuts his mouth where he can't talk, right? Right, same Same angel. Hey, your wife's going to have a baby. No, she's not. Have you seen my wife? She's old, right? That's what he said. That's what he said. And the angel shut his mouth. Mary said the same thing the woman with the issue of blood said. Be it unto me according to your word. If you say it so, God, then it's so. The angel says, for with God, nothing is impossible. Listen, You're in the house of miracles, right? We're not here biding time. We're not here going through our religious motions. This is a living house. We serve a living God, and he is a God of miracles. Hebrews says that he's what? The same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, God's not doing that anymore. Well, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. He is doing it. He is moving. He does love you, and he's at work in your life. Let me go to another verse. I want to go to Luke 18, 27. Jesus has just got finished talking to the disciples about how people trust in riches. And he's telling them, hey, 
people who trust in their wealth, people who trust in what they have, people who trust in their stuff, it's really hard for them to get saved. He says it. And he uses the example that a lot of you have heard. It's easier to put a camel through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven. But if you'd allow me to, I would just like to expand on that because I know most of you breathed a sigh of relief. You went, oh, man, I'm not rich. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, you already did that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you immediately thought to yourself, yeah, yeah if you, it doesn't matter how much you have. It does not matter. You would never say you're rich. It would, no. Now, you may know somebody that you think is rich, but you would never say it. So I'd just like to expand on it for a minute. Here's what he's saying. He's saying those that trust in their stuff, it's hard to trust God. Jesus said that when you hold on to your stuff, it's really hard to let go and hold on to God. He said, in fact, it's impossible to trust in your stuff and trust in God at the same time. Now, your stuff may be $100, it may be a 1970 pickup, or it may be a 2019 pickup. We all have different stuff we trust in. And here's what the disciples say. It says they're astonished. You know why? Because they trusted in their stuff too. It says they're astonished. They, they were dumbfounded. Well, then, Lord, how's anybody going to get saved? That's what they said. And here's what he says to them. Luke 18, 27. But he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Do you know you getting saved on your own, God said, was impossible? Yeah, he's, yeah you, I know, I know, you're just like me. You know why I'm saved? Because well, I'm all smart, right? I'm wise, I'm good looking. I got it all together, right? No. No, he said with man, it's impossible. The reason I'm born again is because of the grace and the goodness of my Father. Listen to it. Listen to what it says. He said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. You are in the house of miracles. Amen? Let me go to another verse. I'm going to go to John 20, and I'm going to read 27 down through 31. What's going on here? Well, Jesus has been crucified. He's been in the tomb, and he's raised from the dead. Some of the boys have seen him, and they're telling the other guys, oh, my gosh, Jesus is alive. I know it looked terrible. I know it was the fourth quarter. I know we were behind. I know it looks like we lost the game, but uh, they added extra minutes. Somehow they changed the rules, and he's defeated death, and he's been raised from the dead. And Thomas says, I'm not going to believe it till I see it. Have you ever said that before? I have. I'm not going to believe it till I see it. Well, they're in a room, and all of a sudden, the risen Lord Jesus appears, and listen to what happens. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger and look at my hands. Reach your hand and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving. Listen to it. Do not be unbelieving. Now, I think Jesus is preaching my stuff, don't you? He's, why are you laughing? He's preaching my stuff. You know what he's saying? He's saying, Thomas, turn on your expector. Turn on your expector. Listen to what he says. He says, do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord, my God. You can hear his tone, can't you? Jesus said, Thomas, because you've seen me, you've believed. 
Blessed are those who've not seen and yet believed. You know who that is, right? That's us, yeah. Yeah, he told Thomas, hey, you've seen me, so you believe. But blessed is that TCF bunch. Yeah, blessed is that TCF bunch. I gotta get it right. They haven't seen, yet they believe. Don't you love that? Jesus himself said, because of that, you're blessed. Would you say that? Say, I'm blessed. Now say it like you mean it. Say, I'm blessed. I'm, blessed. I'm too used to being in power kids. I mean, I, you know, you, you got, when we ask the power kids to say something, uh, they, they say it with all, they, they believe it, amen? Now, now, now listen, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Stop right there. Did you know Jesus did things that are not written in the Bible? Because it says right here that he has. Now listen to it. But the things that are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Now, I don't want you to miss this. It's really pretty simple. It says that there's all kinds of things Jesus did that are not in the Bible. But the things that are written down are written so you'd be smart. No, that's not what it says, is it? No, they're, they're written so you'd be able to win at Bible trivia. No, 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 that's not what it says. Yeah, have you ever noticed how sometimes when you become a Christian, that's kind of the road you end up on you don't mean to? That road where you gotta learn all the facts and figures in the Bible and there's nothing wrong with learning the Bible, but we kind of get off track and we learn all this stuff, but we forget what's most important. It says the things are written in the word of God so we would what? Believe. The after effect of reading the Bible is that you would believe. Listen to what it says but they're written that you would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you would have life in his name. You know what's gonna happen when you read the Bible? Well, one thing is you're gonna get wise. Another thing you're gonna do is you're gonna believe, and you're gonna believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and when that happens, you have life on the inside of you. That's a miracle. Listen, you are in the house of miracles. I got one more verse, Ephesians 3.20. I'm out of time, and we got to pray. My gosh, Carter took up a bunch of my time. <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah. And I'll take some more if you'll let me, amen. Ephesians 3.20, listen to this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, stop right there, God asked this morning, is there anything too hard for me? The answer is no. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Do you know what that verse says? That says that God wants to reveal his glory in his house. You are in the house of miracles. And when you come in this place, God promised he would do exceedingly abundantly above all you could dare ask or think, and he wants to reveal his glory to all generations in his house. Now, you know, little, little Carter got up here and sang, and she's a different generation than me. God's revealing himself in my generation. He's revealing himself in my children's generation. And he's revealing himself in my grandchildren's generation. 
And if Jesus tarries, he will reveal himself in my grandchildren's children's generation. Can I just encourage you before we close? If you're worried about your kids or your grandkids, don't. If, you, if you're worried about your kids and your grandkids, don't. If God can reach Rusty Gray, not right? If God can reach Jim, right? Come on now. I mean, he'd be in prison right next to me in the next cell. Okay, right? Yeah, if God can reach Lance Cox right back there, all right? I mean, he is a hippie criminal going somewhere to happen, right? His hair just fell out, right? If he could reach Bebo. No, here's the, here's the Lacuti Graw. If he could reach Newt. Amen? Amen. There's hope for your kids. There's hope for your grandkids. You don't have to worry. Do you know why? God is revealing his glory to your children. He's revealing his glory to your grandchildren. They are not going to be lost. They are not going to be left behind because God is revealing himself in his house. Amen? Y'all give the Lord a hand clap.